Activia offers a range of yogurts which are a delicious way to look after your gut health. From the fruit range with carefully selected ingredients to no added sugar and 0% fat offering, as well as a cereals range, there's an Activia for everyone. Made with a unique blend of five ferments creating an irresistibly creamy texture, each pot of Activia is a source of calcium, making it the perfect addition to your daily routine. Activia helps support a healthy gut. Your gut is where it all begins. Leia Healthcare. It's good to live. Proud sponsor of the Real Health Podcast with Carl Henry. Hello and welcome to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. Folks, on this week's show, I have to take a deep breath because I'm very excited. I am talking to Derek Evans, aka Mr. Motivator, who many of you will know and remember from his Lycra Clad workouts in the 1990s. Mr. Motivator has overcome many adversities in life. He sold millions of workout DVDs, run an ecotourism resort in Jamaica, and has now turned his attention to the forgotten groups with the launch of his Mr. Motivator Club here in Ireland. Mr. Motivator Derek Evans, welcome to Real Health. How's it going? Thank you, Mr. Carl. I mean, the way you introduced me, I feel so important. The one thing you missed out is the MBE. How could you forget that? MBE, even more important. I tell you, good God, you couldn't get it. You couldn't get any bigger. I'm so, I'm so, I, I'm so excited here. I remember watching you on TV when I was in school, uh, and you're very much an inspiration for my own career. So getting you on the show is just absolutely brilliant. Tell us about the Mr. Motivated Club. What's it all about? I think it's really important that we identify what's been happening. This last year, we've recognized how important our health is. Very important. And uh, I'm very critical of health clubs because I've found out what they've done. They've, to me, gone downhill over the years in that what they now do is they give you a key and they tell you to let yourself in do your training, and then close the door behind you. There's never anybody to hold your hand, guide you, and correct you. And also, they don't empower the people who don't do any exercise or the people who maybe are slightly older than the uh, you know 40 years of age. And I felt that it was important that, that what I do is create a platform where the older person would feel comfortable. They'd feel realize that, in fact, for their well-being, it doesn't have to be just physical. It ought to encompass something mental. Maybe it ought to encompass things to do with uh, stress, how to cope with it, or maybe it's just that you want to feel good about yourself. So what it does, it gives you life stories from people who maybe have overcome difficulties in their lives and have come out the other end feeling really good. And their story can be an inspiration to all of us. And that's what the club is all about. Okay, let's set some foundations for for the interview. How did you get into fitness? How did you become Mr. Motivator? Where did it come from? How did you start? Where did it all begin? You realize I'm 68 years of age. So if we were to go where it started, we'd have to go back to before you were born, right? And that's the first. And the second thing is I wrote my book in about three years. Oh dear, what happened there? About three years ago. And uh, it's all and it's called the warm-up and it and it catalogs what is my life. I think most of us right now are probably far removed from what we ever expected to be when we left school. I remember my careers officer telling me back in 1966 that Evans, when you leave school, all you'd be good for is to work in an office. And he was right up to a point because the very first job I got was working in an office of 500 people dealing with customer complaints in, the, in Leicester, uh, in the Midlands, um, working for the gas board. And I hated it, hated it. And so it was just one of those uh, decisions that you make in life that takes you down a particular road And I'll always remember the day that I got exposed to fitness. And it was a light bulb moment when, in fact, I walked into a hall where there was all these ladies working out what was then called 
pop mobility, 1982-83. And every time a different track of music came on, they would do different moves to it. And I was transfixed. I was, I felt, hey, what is this all about? But there was something about it that really stirred up my inner spirit. And, you know, within a month of going there, I decided that let me try and set up my own classes. And I got two people from that place to start doing classes for me. And after a month with them, I'd learned what they were doing. And I set up my own classes, which went through the roof. We would have people traveling 20 miles to come to my classes. On one evening a week, we would have 125 people crammed into a school hall, working out on benches and climbing frames and, and doing all kinds of stuff. And it was just wild. It was just mad. And of course, the word spread. And when the word spread, people started taking notice. Okay. And, and, you, love, and you genuinely love what you do. You can even chatting to you, you can hear it in your voice. Oh, man. I, listen, I, I have enough work today in my life. This is the best job in the world because when you do something which actually is a benefit to you and it benefits other people, that is a great platform to be on, right? I mean, this, I can't remember who said it. I think it was Pygmalion who said, happy is the man who can earn his living from his hobby. I mean, my fitness is my hobby, but just to be on this kind of um, road trip where all I'm doing is just spreading good cheer and saying to people, listen, the best shower in the world is after you've exercised. The moment that you take up exercise, that's the moment that any condition you have, you slow down the rate, it's going to deteriorate. If you had to go in for an operation, the mere fact that you're fitter, you'll be able to recover so much better. But also more than that, I believe that the greatest gift that you can give yourself, your family and all your colleagues is an independent, healthier you. How did you go from classes then to, you know, global TV superstar clad in light for jumping around our TV screens. Was that a, how does one make that jump, if you'll pardon the pun? That is a long story again. But, but you know, I say that, listen, it's important that we all seize the opportunities that come to us. Very often the opportunities come and we, we miss it. We are distracted. We are somewhere else mentally. And I know that, you know, my classes got really popular and Gloria Honeyford used to have a Sunday Sunday show um, on and she invited me to come on and I went on that show and drilled I had about 12 guys with me and we did a mass workout it was real fun and at the end of it she said would you like to come and train me and I said yes not realizing she lived an hour and 15 minutes away from my home so three times a week I used to travel to her home in Kent training her but I felt like I was on a on an escalator and I felt that there's no way I should ever get off. Just keep riding that escalator because eventually it's going to take me to where I want to be. And I didn't know where I wanted to be. I didn't know. I didn't know where this was going to lead because every other person who had been on television doing fitness, they were nowhere to be seen. But there's one person we always remember, and that is the green goddess. And why do you remember her? Because she was dressed in green. So I thought, you know, Gloria Hunford used to say to me, look, you deserve to be on television. You're good. Before I knew it, I get invited to do another television show. And this time I'm on an airplane going up to Manchester of all places. And on the airplane was Eamon Holmes. And Eamon Holmes, I sat by Eamon Holmes and behind us was Green Goddess and Mad Lizzie, two people who used to do fitness in the eighties on television. So Eamon said to me, I heard all about you through Gloria because they're both from Ireland. Um, would you like to come and train me? And I said, yeah. So, so he kept calling after the show finished, he kept calling my home and I, I was busy, I couldn't, couldn't fit him in. And one day he actually managed to get hold of me 
And he said, this was before the days of cell phones and stuff like that. And he said, come and train me, Motivate. Come and train, no, it wasn't Motivate. He said, come and train me, Derek. And so I set it up and went down to the studios and started training him. Before I knew it, everybody from the station was coming out to train with me. There was Lorraine Kelly, the weather girl called Sally Mean, another guy called Simon Biagi. And I was training all the presenters and stuff. And one day I'm sitting in reception and I'll always remember this, and I don't know what happened, but I saw a guy walk in and he had an extended belly. And I got up and I walked over to him and prodded him in the belly. And uh, he said, what are you doing? Leave me alone and stormed off. I found out he was the program controller of GMTV. Now I'd spent 10 years trying to get onto TVM and they wouldn't let me in. They kept saying a black man doing fitness would never work. Anyway, I still believe that the price of success is perseverance i must keep going so i found out where his offices were and the next day i wheeled my bike in and pushed it in his office and ran off the next day i went back i knocked on his door he let me in he said why are you hounding me why don't you leave me alone i said you need to exercise because i found out you're the controller of gmtv and lots of people depend on you he said i don't have time i said you won't have time if you don't make time and so he said started training the next week started training Three weeks later, he said to me, you need to be on television. But he said, the advertisers, I don't really want to advertise around a black man doing fitness on television. It has to be a blonde lady with two kids and stuff like that. So he said, but things have a way of changing. And this is a long story. I hope you're with me so far. And one day, right, I'm, I'm sitting down in reception and Eamon was late coming down. So I walked up into the offices and I heard this lady on the phone talking to the Key Fit Association. And I said to her, please put the phone down, put the phone down, please. She says, why? I said, listen, if you're looking for someone for fitness, I'm your man. She said, no, 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 I, I know about you. You're the guy that trained a presenter. I said, yes. She says, look, they don't want, the advertisers don't want to do it, but things have a way of changing. A week later, she called me up and she said, listen, the girl who's doing fitness on television is going on holiday. And the advertisers said, listen, for that week, they won't advertise. They'll let you go on and you do your thing. And that was it. I went on and the rest of the say is history. Where did the, the name come from and the Lycra concept? Presume the Lycra, it, was all, it couldn't be any brighter. So that had to be a, a branding ploy as much as anything. Yeah, because, you know, I spent some time, you know, during the days when I was really struggling to feed my family and stuff like that, I spent some time working for a company, Rank Hovis McDougall. And I worked in the marketing department and I learned a lot from being up there. I wasn't a, I hadn't qualified for working up there, but I was doing some production work and I listened and marketing is real critical, no matter what you do. And Henry Ford once said that the guy who doesn't advertise himself or the company that don't advertise is a bit like the man who turns off his lights so that he can save money. You've always got to promote yourself and advertise. So what did I know? I know that I remember the green goddess because she was just in green. So I remember, right, that in fact, everybody else who came on in black shorts or white top are nowhere to be seen. So I put the marketing idea of green and lots of colors together. And then I'll always remember, I did a, a slot on a show and one day the lady who was presenting it shouted out, she said, uh, let's go over to the man I'm calling the motivator. He was out in the shopping centers getting people moving. And that's how it was born. <coughs> and the lycra and stuff kind of grew and evolved because I felt I need to create a stance where you'd always remember the motivator. So it's the music, it's the attitude, it's the colors, it's the lycra, it's the unitard, it's the multicolored socks, it's the bum bag. The bum bag, 
Was that I the... remember I totally forgot about the bum bag till you brought it up. <laughs> well, the bum bag only came about because when you're on television and you're you have to get down on the floor, the mic would be in your back. So it was in the way. So I created this bum bag, put the mic in the bum bag with little holes at the back. It's so three o'clock. That allow the strings to I like the way my everything's going today. <laughs> um, and the uh, and coming out the back were the wires. And that allowed me to actually line my back if I wanted to do stomach work and stuff like that, do anything, and the mic would not be in the way. So, so far, it sounds very much like a fairy tale. So you got your chance and everything just went wonderful from there. More often than not, that's not the case. And I'm fascinated by people who bounce back, who are resilient, who have that sense of, you know, good days, bad days, and what they do in the tough times. And our listeners always really like that. Chat us through, I suppose, your own career then. Once you got on TV, was it all plain sailing? What did you do in the tough days when you had bad days or bad times? The most difficult part was actually getting on television. For 10 years, I tried, and I kept being put off. But I honestly believe that the price of success is perseverance. But you can't sit on the riverbank waiting for your ship to come out, come in. You've got to swim out to it. So putting those two things together, my drive was always to keep going because there were times when, before television, when I'd, I was living in a bed and breakfast uh, provided by the homeless people, right, um, society, because there were times when I was outside the homeless family unit with my daughter. We had nowhere to stay, and they put us in there. Um, in a unit into a bed and breakfast where there were six or seven families sharing the same bathroom or kitchen. I eventually ended up getting a council place. There were times when we were hungry, right? That's how it was before. But I maintain that those things are the foundation stone that makes us who we are. So when the good times come along, you go, you know what? I've been through pandemics already in my life, right? When things were tough, that was a pandemic. That's why this pandemic for me, uh, yes, I'm very saddened by anyone who's lost a loved one or whatever. But this pandemic for me has been a good thing in that it's allowed me to actually speak to you. I've done, I think, about 350 interviews, everything from Chinese Global Network to Access Hollywood. What do they want to hear? They want to hear good times. So when you ask me the question, when things are bad or when things you feel down, I don't feel down. I've never felt down since I got on television. And I tell you why. For every one minute you're sad, you're missing out on 60 seconds of happiness. I've had the days when in fact things were tough. I've had the days, right, when in fact, you know, you just didn't know where to go. When I was stacking shelves in Tesco or clean, cleaning our toilets in CNA, I've had those days. And the one thing I know is that I have a choice between one minute of happiness, right? Sorry, one minute of sadness or 60 seconds, right, of happiness. And I'd rather be happy anytime. And so therefore, no matter what's going on in my life, I always go, today's still gonna be a great day, no matter what. When I leave the home, I go, no matter what, today's gonna be fabulous, it's gonna be great. Because remember this, when your cup of happiness is full, there's always some idiot who wants to nudge your elbow. So I'm gonna be happy all the time, right? And, and let him nudge away, right? It will never ever affect me. And so I don't have down days. Because also, if you are emotionally happy, you don't have bad days. You have bad days when your emotions are in a mess. So who you choose to love, that's your business, right? But whoever you love, look after them, nurture it, right? And realize that that is the fuel that will keep you going till 12 o'clock midnight. You'll go two hours sleep and you get up and work again. It's the fuel that's gonna put food in your fridge. It's the fuel that's gonna keep the roof over your head. And it's what's gonna make you successful. Emotions are critical if you want to succeed.
So your approach to life is very much, it's a conscious one. So it's a decision to view the world with not necessarily a happy filter, but a happy approach to the world and to life as you see it. That when you wake up in the morning, it's a conscious decision. You make that decision. I'm going to be happy today. And that's, you know, that sets a tone for the day. Conscious in the initial stages. And after a while, it's a bit like when you're first taught to brush your teeth, you don't even know where to go. You don't even go up and down. You're scrubbing all. But eventually that becomes a habit, doesn't it? So every morning when you get up, you want to brush. When you go to sleep at night, you brush your teeth. That's it. I believe that my positive outlook is based on practice of being positive till eventually it becomes a habit. And they say for something to become a habit, you have to do it 21 times. It's a bit like if you fold your arms. Come on, follow me. Fold your arms. Okay. That feels real comfortable, doesn't it? That's almost the same as brushing your teeth. It's comfortable. It's easy. Now change it around. Change your arms around. and that's what you've got i can do it both ways to the point where i don't know now which one was the original one i'd have to think about that but basically and it's the same thing with your health is that you've got to practice it so it becomes a habit so it becomes part of your nature it's a bit like brushing your teeth and if one day you don't brush your teeth what do you do you run to the chemist and get the toothbrush and you brush your teeth no matter where you'll do it you buy some water and you'll swill it out and spit it out to make sure you have fresh breath exercise health is your wealth so every single day it must become part of your habit is part of what you do every single day and that's why i speak about it with a passion you know I meet these upstarts who come into the fitness field and all of a sudden they're talking about, you know, we have the formula. Let me tell you, until you've lived it, until you've breathed it, until you've seen people who have gone from um, the point where they can't do anything and now they are doing something. I do classes where you get someone who has Parkinson in the same class as people with Down syndrome. Tonight, there'll be at least 30 people in a class of 200 tonight and 30 of them will be Down syndrome. Right? And it's great because exercise and wellness and fitness should be all inclusive. We should not exclude anybody. All you have to do is teach better, modify what you're doing to make sure you cater for every single person who's in your class. And that's what I do. What's your take on the industry now? And when you see people up and coming all the time, I'm fascinated by people who've had you know, great careers and interesting careers. And now looking at the industry, what do you see? Well, what I see is this is that the industry has failed abysmally. We create new things. We go, here's P90X, here is our hit. We put all these fancy names to it. If you wipe that away, what have you got? Interval training that we used to do from school days, right? You, you got circuit training that we used to. That's all we've done is renamed it. We haven't put together things that embrace new people and make people new people want to take get involved. All we've done is given the regular exerciser more choices. That's all we've done. So how do we empower uh, people? What you've got to do is you've got to make it digestible. What you've got to do is you've got to make them, you've got to reward them real quickly. Don't tell them they've got to do 30 minutes of exercise or 45 minutes. You're frightening them off straight away. If you've never exercised or you're in the deconditioned market or you're an older person who have never exercised, don't tell them to do 30 minutes of exercise. They're not going to do it. If I tell you to do six minutes with some fun music and some attitude, before you know it, the six minutes is gone. You're going, you know what? I'm going to put that on again. All of a sudden, because what it is, you get this sense of achievement from doing six minutes. makes you think, oh my goodness, I could do another six. That's what I'm all about. I, my aim over the next five years 
is to empower as many people as I can to start recognizing that number one, the best shower in the world is after you've exercised. There's nothing better, all right? You feel clean, you feel good. You can make all of life's decision in the shower. So therefore, right, exercise, have that wonderful shower, make life decision. And also you're the best singer in the shower as well. Right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that, that's the first thing. The second thing is I want people to understand that if exercise is not fun, don't do it. Don't do it. If after you've done your exercise, you go, flip me, I'm suffering. I feel like I've ripped the flipping muscles off my body. I can't walk, I can't get up the stairs. Then it's not for you. The only muscle that should ache after exercise is your laughter muscle. And if it's not aching, right, something's wrong with the instructor, something wrong with the teacher. Because life is so funny, right, that at the end of the day, if you make people laugh in your class, you will disguise exercise in such a way that people don't realize they're really swallowing it. They're having so much fun. They want to be back the next night to do more. That's what I'm doing with my club. So you like to change thing up, things up every now and again. And the club, I suppose, is another change. In 2000, you decided to change it up and head back to Jamaica. What was the reason for that? What, what was that, the, the, the plan behind that? The main reason for that is, you know, I found that every time I went to Jamaica, my daughter, who was having breathing problems, she wouldn't have any problems. And so I decided, well, look, my family's more important to me than anything else. So we moved to Jamaica, relocated, set up an ecotourism business out there. And for a while, that's where I stayed. And then all of a sudden, the UK kept calling me back. I was having to travel in twice a month, every month from Jamaica. I was running up 150,000 miles, air miles on American, coming to the UK because demand for my kind of fitness, my kind of attitude towards wellness were just increasing and exploding. And that's how it's been. And so last March, I, my, my daughter, basically her improvement in her breathing happened. She was a lot older. And then she came up here to do her studies. So Palmer and I, that's my wife, thought, you know what? Why don't we, if we're, I'm traveling in so much, why don't we move back to the UK? Last March, on the 8th of March, we arrived in the UK. The lockdown happened not long after that. And guess what happened after that? My career just went through the roof in terms of name the company. I mean, they've all been in touch. Only today, I've just done a, um, I did an early morning with for Google, which went out to Singapore, uh, India, Australia. Then did 11 o'clock, which went out to Europe. Then did a, I'm going to be doing a six o'clock, which goes out to America. And what do I give them? 12 minutes of movement to music and 12 minute motivational uplifting talk that just makes them understand that, listen, we're going to come out of this lockdown better for it. Those trees out there that have lost their leaves, you know, in the spring, they're going to flower again. And that's us. We're going to come through this better for it. And so what I do is remind people of how rich we are. And our richness is nothing to do with money. It's all the things that money can't buy. And so those messages just need to be rammed home to people, make them understand that, you know, we are blessed. And every time, every day, you must look in that mirror and be proud of what you see. At 67, what's your own fitness regime like? 68, what's your own fitness regime like? Every day. Um, number one, I do three classes a week free. So anybody can join it. So in fact, your listeners can actually join it. All they have to do is they've got to drop an email to abigail at mrmotivated.com. And what happens is we give them the link. Now, all they have to do from that is the classes happen on a Monday, Wednesday at 6.30. They make a donation to my charity. 
And from my charity, we then donate that money to homeless charities. So we've been supporting Centerpoint, Mustard uh, Seed and Soundbites. And these are all charities that deal with homeless people. And that's my aim from these classes. That's me kind of doing something I enjoy um, by teaching classes. So every day I have, I have that three times a week, but all the days in between we do weight training, but I've got companies I'm working for where I'm doing all these 12 minutes. And every, some days there are two or three companies I'm doing there for. My wife is always training with me. I don't like running because you never see a happy jogger. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you just upset about 20,000 people out of our, of our listeners, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, right, every jogger will tell you or runner will tell you the shower afterwards puts a smile on their face. That is the reward. And yes, you might be internally happy while you're running, but facially you don't show it. Whereas when I'm exercising, you see it on my face all the time. That's what I mean by a happy jogger. You know, he's happy on the inside, but on the outside, he doesn't really show it. And are you still doing your 68 press-ups a day, one for each year of your life? Have to do it, have to do it. Because as far as I'm, the only problem I'm gonna have is that I tell you what happens now. You get these aches and pains, which you always think is fatal. When in your thirties, you got aches and pains from press-ups, but you didn't go, oh, that must've been the press-ups you go. You wouldn't think of anything else. In your 40s, you go, I wonder what's happening. Am I, am I okay? In your 50s, I think I better go to the doctor and get it checked. When you're my age, right? Every time it happens, right? You go, you look at your Fitbit, you go and you double check, right? To make sure that, oh, it's, oh, it's only 65 beats a minute. Oh, I'm all right. That's what happens, right? You get aches and pains in places that you didn't expect to get them in. But at the end of the day, I'm having the time of my life and I'm enjoying talking to people like yourself, Carl, because to me, you know, any platform that seeks to endorse being active, looking after yourself is something that, you know, I have to applaud because we all need to collectively be out there pushing that message out to everybody that, listen, if you want to get the benefits of a healthy lifestyle, start it now. It's never too late. And a great message to finish the interview on. Start it now. It is never too late. That's for sure. Remind us again of the name of your new, uh, your new website. All you have to do is look up Mr. Motivators Club. And that's it, mrmotivatorsclub.com. We're now number two on Google. So there you go. Everybody is, um, is checking it in. Mr. Motivator Derek Evans, it's been an absolute pleasure. You've been on my bucket list for a very, very long time, having watched you when I was younger and, as I said, inspiring my own career here in Ireland. So thank you so much for joining us on today's show and the very best of luck with the website. Folks, I really hope you enjoyed the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. An amazing guest today to empower your day and empower your week. As ever, you know where we are, realhealthindependent.ie, at Carl Henry PT on Twitter and on Instagram. And we'll see you next week for more Real Health. Leia Healthcare. It's good to live. Proud sponsor of the Real Health Podcast with Carl Henry.